Flight 229, you're clear for takeoff. Just like a flight plan, you have to know where you're going and how you will get there when you plan for retirement. Let Ryan Fleming help you chart out a course for your retirement with his intimate knowledge of financial planning and the airline industry. It's time for the Pilot's Advisor. Welcome to another edition of the Pilot's Advisor. Walter Storholt here alongside Ryan Fleming, financial advisor at Fleming Financial Group, serving you worldwide, of course, any airport in the world you want to meet in. <laughs> Ryan might be able to cross paths with you pretty easily that way. And, of course, headquartered out of Charleston, South Carolina. You can get in touch with us by visiting the website and listen to past episodes of the show, FlemingFG.com, the place to go, FlemingFG.com. Ryan, thanks for being here again and looking forward to today's show. What you been up to? Walter, the man, the myth, the legend. How are you doing today? <laughs> I don't know about all that, but uh, I am doing well. I'm enjoying summer for once. I've got a uh, pool that I can regularly go jump into now, so I don't mind the heat anymore. So I'm a happy camper. Yeah, I think you definitely need a cool pool in the south or else you're going to be kind of miserable going outside. I've always hated summer in the south until just recently when I got easy access to a little bit of H2O. So now I'm a happy camper when it's nice and hot outside and get to cool off a little bit. So. Well, I, I like that. I like being in the water. Uh, my summer's been pretty good. You know, the kids are out of school and I'm trying to spend a little bit of extra time with my, my 10-year-old daughter, Jaden, and my 7-year-old uh, son, uh, Race. And they're both doing swim team now, which is uh, a little bit tough because I have to get them up very early in the morning to go practice, but it's very good for them and gets them out of bed. Yeah. Who made the swim be like an early morning activity? Like when did that become a thing? Isn't it, isn't it much nicer in the afternoon to go swimming? <laughs> You'd think so. I mean, I, I'll tell you what, I did swim team growing up, not because I like loved swimming, but just it was a good way to keep in shape. And And the best part about it was you actually, I mean, I hated going, trust me. Every morning I was like, oh my God, this is the last thing I feel like doing. But by the time you got out of practice, you had already exercised You or were awake at that point because they didn't have heated pools back then. So, you know, you oh, froze yeah. your butt off in the morning. Even a warm you, pool you, will wake you up for sure. Yeah. And so then, you, but you're ready to start your day. Yeah, it's a good point. You, you certainly are. Well, I, I heard you've been spending some time also doing a little bit of traveling already this summer as well. Is it, Am I correct in saying you went out to Omaha for a little visit? Yeah, I was actually in Omaha, Nebraska for a, a financial advisors conference. That was earlier this week, but we were able to tag team that with going to the College World Series, which was an amazing thing. I'd never been there before, but it's nice. quite a venue. And TD Ameritrade, TD Ameritrade, thank you. They gave us their uh, suite, so we got to watch the game. Florida State and Michigan from the suite. Wow, that's pretty cool. Always nice when you can mix a little business and pleasure, right? Absolutely. Work hard, play hard. <laughs> Very cool. So what was the, have you ever been to like a major league game? How did that compare to how big the College World Series is? Uh, no, I've been to, I've been to some uh, major league baseball games, but I, I think the more intimate settings for me, I find a little bit better, a little bit more uh, real. We actually were staying at the hotel and, and of course I was born in Columbus, Ohio, so this is a little tough, but when I showed up at the hotel, I found out it was the Michigan Wolverines Uh-oh. hotel, which is a little tough for me. But then I thought about it and I said, no, you know, I should be rooting for the Big Ten school. So I should be rooting for Michigan. Well, there you go. Even though you kind of live in ACC country. so Yeah, well, that's tough too. Div- I mean, divided loyalty slightly, maybe. 
Exactly. <laughs> I guess you still got plenty of SEC schools in the South Carolina area too. So they, they kind of intersect right around your, your vicinity. Yeah. So. A- ACC schools, SEC schools, but Ohio roots. So there you go. You got a little bit of everything going on there. Just You're just lacking the West Coast in your blood. That's all. I just like the warm weather. That's right. That's right. Well, fantastic. Glad they had a good experience there. And let's put all of that rejuvenation that hopefully you experienced on that trip to good use with a good podcast today. Coming up in a couple of minutes, we're going to talk a little bit about what happens when you get stuck on making a financial decision. You know, that that old saying, fish or cut bait. So many people, it's not really their uh, inability to make a good decision when it comes to their finances. It's making a decision at all. It's kind of like when you go out to dinner with the significant other and neither of you can decide where you want to go eat. And so you just argue about it and then you kind of get stuck on that decision, right? <laughs> what restaurant do we want to pick? That's sort of the old, the old standby. What happens when that occurs in the financial world? We'll explore that option and give you some suggestions on how you can get unstuck from your current financial situations or dilemmas. We're going to talk about that in a couple of minutes. But first, I thought we would kick off today's show with a little quote. When we do this from time to time, I think we always get a couple of good little nuggets of wisdom from Ryan. Ryan, this one comes from John Bogle, founder of Vanguard. And John says, if you had trouble imagining a 20% loss in the stock market, you shouldn't be invested in stocks. Interesting. What do you think? Well, I think that this really looks back upon, you know, that risk tolerance and really finding out what your true risk tolerance is. Because I I find that a lot of investors think that they can have exposure to a lot of stocks because they want those big gains, but that they can't really handle it when there's any losses. And I was recently uh, around a bunch of portfolio managers and financial analysts, and we're talking about behavioral finance. And one of the things that they talked about is the loss or the fear of a loss. So let's say that a client had a 10% loss. The feeling that a client gets is three times as bad as if that was a gain. So if they had a 10% loss, it feels like a 30% loss. I thought that was interesting. That is interesting. Yeah. So kind of like a disconnect between our mentality and then reality. Exactly. And I, you know, I always like to say that clients want it all. I mean, they want the 30% gain but they don't have any exposure, any probability of a loss, which is impossible. So not only do you have to have the willingness to put X amount of dollars at risk, but you also have the ability to handle the emotional aspects as you know the sine curve of investing as it goes down. Very interesting. How much do you uh, you put stocks in with somebody like you know these financial gurus out there? Or not to use guru as a negative term in the case of somebody like John Bogle, you know, founder of a big company like Vanguard. How much do you listen when those people talk? Well, I listen a lot because I think there's a lot of experience in the sense of you know the long term investor and Vanguard's very good at that. They're very okay. good at at what they do. But if you're not invested in stocks at all, then you're really not going to make money. I mean, I, you know, the whole reason why we invest our money is to grow it. But what we're really trying to do is, is beat inflation, right? I mean, that's the minimum right. is to beat inflation. If you have your money sitting in your bank account, you're going broke safely because you're not even keeping up with inflation. However, if you had all your money in bonds, you're not really kicking much on inflation either. So there's that whole risk return thing. And you have to be willing to risk some of your money to get any sort of return. It's like that in everything in life, isn't it? That is life. And I, you know, I've had some very, very conservative investors, and that's fine. When you're doing a risk analysis with a person, there's no right or wrong answers. But there's a lot of people out there that feel like, hey, I've already made this money. I want to save this money. So I'm not really willing to risk it at all. And that's fine. You might have to get them in a balanced approach 
you know, 50% stocks, 50% bonds, which isn't the best place to be for long-term growth, but that way they can actually handle the ups and downs. So, you know, the market might be up 12% and they're going to be happy with their 5% or 5 or 6% gain. You just got to figure out what you can handle because I think it's a lot easier to talk to a client about the losses because then they have to feel it. You know, how would you feel if you had a 20% loss on your money today? What's that going to feel like? Because that's where they really have to dig, dig deep into their heart and find out, you know, the hurt. The gain is, makes everybody happy. Nobody's worried about it when, when the market's up. Great points as always, Ryan, and those are some key things to think about. Good quote to cover on today's show. If you have trouble imagining a 20% loss in the stock market, you shouldn't be invested in stocks. Again, that from John Bogle, founder of Vanguard, leading to uh, some good insight from Ryan Fleming. So, that, Walter, one, one other yeah, point I want to yeah. make out there. You know, I, I know a lot of my current clients listen to the show, and you know, there's a lot of prospects out there, but your risk tolerance changes over time. And I want to reach out to my clients out there that are listening. If there has been a change in your current situation, or you feel like you have a change in your risk tolerance because life events affect this, you need to reach out to me immediately. Anytime there's a big life event or something that's changed in your life that you feel like your risk tolerance would change, that's a time that you want to reach out to your financial advisor. Most of the time we do this annually, but you know everybody's different. And so if there are those changes, we need to address them. So important to do so. And again, whether you're a current client or a new listener to the podcast and have been wanting to maybe talk to Ryan about your situation, you can always get in touch by calling or texting Ryan. That's an easy way. 843-475-3038. That's 843-475-3038. And you can always go online as well at FlemingFG.com. That's FlemingFG.com. Well, I want to talk today a little bit, Ryan, about getting unstuck from some of the financial decisions that we may face, you know, approaching retirement or as we go through our retirement years. And I think the big kind of, you know, crux of the problem here is that we've got to decide and move forward and get unstuck from those decisions because not making a decision usually ends up being the wrong choice, right? That That is a decision in and of itself to not do something. We want to make educated guesses and educated you know, choices and not just let the whims of the world sort of push us around a little bit, especially when it comes to dealing with our life savings. So we've identified a couple of reasons people get stuck in their decision-making process. I'm curious how often you see these things and then how you get people unstuck from these triggers. First one that kind of came to mind for me was too many decisions to make, right? We just get overwhelmed by, oh, I've got to do this. I've got to do that. I've got to make a decision on this. And you just kind of want to shut down. Yeah. You know, when I think about this, this is a life problem. This is not just a financial advising problem. And it reminds me of my grandfather, Paul Paul. He was a retired state highway patrolman. He used to say, get to getting. You know, it doesn't matter what you need to start doing. You need to start doing something. And then the other thing I think about with all these that we're going to, you know, go through is, you know, I have a military background, but it reminds me of uh, Patton had an old quote and a quote went something like this, and I'll probably butcher this, but we're going to try it anyway. He used to talk about a good plan that was violently executed now is better than a perfect plan executed next week. So like, yes, there's a lot of decisions to be made, but you need to make a decision and move on, you know, and then what's the next decision to be made? Let's make a decision and move on. You can always adjust. But if you don't make any decisions, you're basically killing yourself and you're stuck. Yeah, it's a really good point. Too many decisions to make will just lead your head to spinning around in circles. And I suppose another way people get stuck, maybe it's not too many decisions. Maybe it's just one big decision. But the big problem to that, Ryan, would be too much research 
to be done. Or you're trying to make the research simple and you just get bogged down when you Google something, you get 45 million results and you have to find your way to navigate through all those choices. Well, this is a huge problem in our society, not just in the financial advising world. Once again, is you get on the internet, you can pretty much support any, any way you feel about anything that's out there. And with the, uh, the financial news that's on TV and magazines and on the internet, I think it makes the decision-making process with advising that much more difficult. Because what it does is it, it scares people. It induces fear. And there's so many good and bad stories out there, it's hard to know what the truth is. Very true. We've got to always keep our kind of eyes peeled for, you know, who we're going to listen to, what's going on around us, what research we should put stock in. All of those are very important situations. You know, some people, Ryan, try to do the research. They try to make the right decisions or they try to tackle the many decisions that might be on their plate. But sometimes people just get confused, right? This financial world is not an easy one to understand. It took you a long time to study to your years and years of experience have led to what you know now. Well, us kind of, if I can use the term normal investors and savers, don't have all of that world experience that builds to that knowledge base. So it can get kind of confusing with all the buzzwords and terms. Well, I would imagine, Walter, you showed me how to you know, slice into a podcast and fix things and cut the tape here and move it over here and fix the sound. And I'd be like, huh, what are you talking about? Right, exactly. Well, <laughs> you know, I mean, I'd have no clue. And, you know, like I was hanging out with my uncle this past week and, and we were doing some electrical work that was a little bit above my head, but he was, he's been an electrician his whole life. So he knows what he's talking about. He's talking about this and that and doing, and I'm, I'm like, well, buddy, slow down. So these are all reasons why we have uh, jobs that are specific, you know, that we're more specialized in today's career field. And I actually think that one of my biggest jobs is to take all that noise, to take all those decisions to take all that data and research that's out there and help simplify it for my clients. Put it in a way that makes sense to them that might be at the, beyond the surface, but it makes sense to them. You know, there's certain clients that might want to dig a little bit deeper and get a little bit more in the, in the weeds. But ultimately, the whole reason why I have a job is so that I can try to help them through that confusion and make it a more simplified process. Yeah, it's a really great point. I love the story about the electrical work and just trying to see, all right, could I do this on my own? Nope. <laughs> I would be generally confused and probably electrocuted in, in that particular example. Luckily, the whole podcast- Not, not pod necessarily in that order. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe be the other way around. You're exactly right. <laughs> uh, luckily, there, you have a little bit less danger if you try to do a little bit of that podcasting stuff. Even if you got confused, you probably wouldn't electrocute yourself. So there's a a bit of a silver lining there. I think there's this other barrier too that leads to this whole financial decision stuff, you know, causing it to get stuck because we've so far talked about people trying, right? But some people don't make it to that point. They don't like talking about money. They don't want to try to begin with. They just want to sort of stick their head in the sand when this subject comes up. For some people, it's, you know, religion. Other, it might be, you know, talking about sex with somebody or, you know, whatever it may be. Some people, it's money. They don't like talking about money to other people. Well, talking about money is taboo. I mean, it's one of those things you're supposed to avoid or our society has kind of put that on it. And to be honest with you, I think it was one of the barriers I had in this industry initially because I had such an interest in finances and you know how I could invest my money and make it grow. And it was hard or difficult for me to actually discuss money with prospects or clients. Now, I think I'm way past that now. But 
as a society, it's one of those things that we kind of shy away from. I mean, what do you think about that one, Walter? Yeah, I think it's tough for me even to get like my spouse to talk about money. And, you know, there's certain ways that we can engage in the conversation, but I definitely see her just being kind of like, I don't know. I just trust you to do do this and that. You know, we have to work at it. It doesn't come naturally. Yeah. And I, I try to make my clients talk with me about money because I want them to be involved in the plan. Because if they're not involved in the plan and they don't understand, like, you know, try to educate them on, on how this process might work or the academics behind it. If they don't have buy-in, then they're not going to be able to do their job. And, you know, their job being to trust the process. Yeah. And if they don't have that buy-in, then when things get a little bit tough, they're going to start questioning what we're doing. So this is a teamwork type atmosphere. And so you have to get to a point where you can discuss money. And those that are able to communicate about money, even talking about couples, those that are, that are able to communicate about their finances have a healthier financial relationship. There's one other topic we need to bring up here as we talk about getting stuck on your financial decisions. And that would be a traumatic life event, Ryan. But I think this is actually not a bad time to get stuck, right? You shouldn't necessarily make knee-jerk decisions when traumatic life events occur. But at some point, you do have to make choices and decisions and pick directions on things. What, what type of traumatic life events are you referring to? Because there's a lot of you know traumatic things that can happen out there. Some more more serious than others. Yeah, yeah I guess I'm lumping everything together, right? So I mean, and maybe they require different reactions. So you know, loss of a job or an illness or divorce or a death of a spouse. I mean, you know, things like that. Maybe you want to parcel those out a little bit, though. Well, all of those are definitely something that you should be reaching out to your financial advisor to discuss because. Some of those, you need to not make any decisions for a while. You know, there's a lot of emotional things that are going on and you might just need to take a deep breath and worry about the bigger factors in your life before you make any decisions. Some of the other ones, you know, maybe like a loss of a job. Well, it's time to start making some changes in your budgeting right away until we can replace that lost income because you might want to change how much you're spending until you can actually start replacing it. But when I think about some of these bigger factors, especially with the death of a spouse or the death of your parents. This is where financial planning really is really meets the road and is important because you need to, as hard as it is, and we talked about how hard it is talking about money, when you're thinking about your parents, you really, really need to get to a point where you can discuss finances with them because it's going to make everything a lot easier for them and for you if you guys have a plan going forward. Because there's one thing I know, two things are going to happen in your life. You're going to pay taxes and you're going to die. And I don't know anybody that's avoided that yet. So if you have a plan and you can discuss it, it's going to take away a lot of the stress for the whole family in the future. Great points as always, Ryan. Last question for you is how does your process help people in this regard? If folks are getting stuck with their decision-making, how do you step into the process, whether it be a single person or a couple trying to make decisions or even generational, maybe it's kids and parents together trying to decide on next moves on legacy planning or something like that. How do you help people get unstuck and move forward? Well, I think it's, you can't really help somebody until they're ready to be helped. So, you know, I think you have to nurture somebody to get to where they're ready to make a decision. But the more you can simplify the decision for them and kind of relate that decision to some other aspect of life that they might understand a little bit more clearly, you can kind of hold their hand through each one of these. And as you make one decision, then the next decision pops up. And that's what it is. I mean, I like to think of myself as a team with my clients and I need to help them, you know, get that next first down or get that next hit. And so that's the way I think about it is you try to help them along the way. But ultimately, 
you can't help them until they're ready to be helped. Well, if you need some assistance and some help with your financial life and your plan, whether you're a current client of Ryan's and needed to get a checkup of where you are right now, maybe there's some updating that needs to be done with your financial plan. Or if you uh, are new to the show and want to have a conversation with Ryan about something going on in your financial life, don't hesitate. Ask your questions. 843-475-3038 is the number to call, or you can text 843-475-3038. You can also go to FlemingFG.com, find out more information about Ryan there, listen to past episodes of the podcast, all of that on FlemingFG.com. Ryan, thanks for all the help on today's podcast. Good information, and uh, we'll look forward to another good show with you next time around. Well, I appreciate it, Walter. You're one of the best out there. And, you know, I just want to say something to all the pilots out there. Taking off is optional, but landing is always required. Have a good one. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.